Retro Hangover is supported via Patreon by listeners like you. We'd especially like to thank patrons Lyle McCarns, Ashton Ruby, Randall Quiggle, Tony G, Katie Quigg, Paul Romalo, Raging Demon, JC, Megan Caruso, Mast Keaton, Andrew Laguori, Retro Overdrive, Ozzy Garcia, The Retro Vixen, Adam from The Good, The Bad, and The Backlog, Thunderdome Gaming Society, Keith Gasper, Disky Mera, GC Freak 898 The Saturnian, Dave Jackson, and Eric Guess. Your continued engagement and generous donations are deeply appreciated. Open your ears and crack some beers. You are listening to the latest episode of Retro Hangover. Hello, retro and classic gamers. Welcome to the podcast, making metal music, maiming muses, mulling memes. This is Retro Hangover. I am your co-host, Chris Copeland, and as always, your host, Shane. Heavy Machine Dick Dragon Koski. The Dick Dragon Super Weapon 001, to be exact. It's just, it's just giant. Like you have elephantitis, except <laughs> it's made with metal. I, I don't know how to feel about that. That sounds like something you should get looked into. You got to wheelbarrow it around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you can put like, uh, you can put like little eyeballs on your balls and then make your, your nose a smiley face because it just drips so far below it and can be like a little cute anime character. Hey, there you go. Yeah. Like a French anime character. <laughs> I must confess, I don't know if I've ever seen French anime. I mean, it's all anime, right? I mean, they, they like anime. Franime? Is that, that what it's going to be? <laughs> Franime? Yeah. French anime. Franime. <laughs> I like it. It's a new thing. There you go. And while you watch it, everyone just smokes cigars and smells like body odor <laughs> and piss. Wow. <laughs> all right. Well, if we had any French listeners, they have. Tap the fuck out now. <laughs> we love you, France. I think we have some. <laughs> did. Did. Past did. tense, probably. Do they have a good sense of humor? I, I, who, I, who knows? I hope so. Oh, but we are here to record a podcast about the video game Metal Slug. Indeed. Yes. Sorry, France. So, um, I don't even know where to go with this. <laughs> like I said before, you know, it's, it's always a fantastic strategy to just immediately try to alienate parts of your audience. <laughs> Look, I'm just going by what my grandfather said when he was in World War II. He said he hated France. And he said everywhere he went in France that the street smelled like piss. And you know what? I can understand that because have you been to New Orleans? I mean, that's... That's fair. Have you been to a parking garage here in Jacksonville? I mean, (laughs) that is also fair. Terrible. That is also and and meth. If meth Uh, had a smell. Yeah. Well, what we're really getting at is just everywhere sucks. That's why I like to stay indoors and play video games like Metal Slug because they don't smell like piss. Put that on the (laughs) back of the box. And I think he might be French. So there you go, Frenchies. Actually, I have no idea if he's French, but one of them's last name is Rossi, which is Italy. I don't know. (laughs) (sighs) Closest you're going to get. Yes. But before we get into our topic du jour, see, I love you, Frenchies. We (laughs) we like to talk about (laughs) games we've been playing as we are wont to do. I'm sure they appreciate being referred to as Frenchies. I don't know. Could be frogs. Uh, Wow. Yeah. We're just digging that hole. We're like Kate Bush, but instead of running up the hill, we're just digging that hole. Woo! Oh, like most people are not probably going to be too upset except for them. And we really mean no disrespect. As we are wont to do, we talk about what you've been playing lately. So, Shane. Mm Mm-hmm. Have you been playing any games lately? Well, wouldn't you know it, I have been. Oh. Yeah. It's crazy, I know. 
truth be told, it really hasn't differed all that much from what I was playing before. Uh, I think in the last episode when we talked about this kind of stuff. Oh, pretty much just the same. Honestly, like I'm still I'm essentially treating Fallout 76 as a single player game, which you can totally do. I'm just kind of doing that. I will occasionally have a couple of my buddies jump in and we'll do some multiplayer and that's a good time. But part of me wishes that this hadn't been. It's kind of the same way that I feel about like Elder Scrolls Online or things like that, where I just wish it hadn't been an online game. Like there's almost no reason Mm. for it to be. I would have just preferred to just have another single player fallout experience. That would have been, that would have been okay with me. It's kind of the same thing that happened with Knights of the old Republic. Like, don't get me wrong. That MMO is pretty good, but it would have functioned just fine as just another like KOTOR installment, but everything has to be a live service. So it's gotta be online, I guess. But anyway, I am still enjoying that working my way through the plethora of quest lines that they've got available in that game. So that's, that's pretty cool. What else am I doing? Oh, well, I don't think I mentioned this last time. Maybe I did. I don't know. Everything is a blur, but I did fire back up Final Fantasy V. Nice. Specifically the Pixel uh, remaster. I picked that up on Steam because after doing a little bit of digging, I came to the conclusion that that was probably going to be the best way to play it just because it takes a lot of the things that were fixed in the later ports of the game, like to GBA and, and what have you and kind of packages that all in with even more additional fixes from like the patches and stuff that they've done post-release. So there's been a lot of like balancing and bug fixing work that was not done in previous releases of the game. So to me, this seems to be the best version at this point. Um, and also because it's the pixel remaster, the the art style is pretty faithful to the original, but like just, you know, prettier. And also it has the the soundtrack done in a full orchestral score, which is pretty awesome. Anyway, that's how I've been playing that. I wanted to give it another honest shot because I may possibly have made the wrong decision that nobody definitely warned me about several times about playing (laughs) playing FF5 the first time. Yeah, weird. Uh, uh, With the four job fiesta and getting stuck with a shitty combination of jobs and the experience being terrible. So I'm having a much better time with it, surprisingly, this time around. Yeah, I can't imagine why you would be. It's not like I, I, I don't. Do I know these people that recommended that you not play the four job fiestas your first time playing Final Fantasy five? I mean, I, maybe I you, you might have heard of them, you know, around. Oh, occasionally. Huh? Yeah. But anyway, uh, so I've, I've put a pretty decent chunk of time into that. I am very much enjoying it, and I would like to go on record and say that I was wrong about FF5, so there you go. And let's see, I think outside of that, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that's really been notable, honestly. Um, lately, it's really just been, I think, those two things. I think there might have been a small, like, smattering of some vampire survivors in there, because of course, but... Casual. Yeah, yeah, but uh, no, nah, man, I think that, that's pretty much it for me right now. I don't know, what about you? What have you been up to? I have just been editing a ton of stuff. Well, that doesn't sound like games. Doesn't, but this is the reason I don't have a lot. I did fortunately play a game ah. since last recording, and that has been East Memories of Salsetta, which I think I mentioned on the last one. However, I did beat it. So I'm looking forward to start playing East 5 here, and mm. I'm looking forward to hopefully stream it on Twitch the entire time I play it, just like I did with Final Fantasy V. So uh, if I haven't started it already, because I have a lot of things I need to catch up on in addition to getting started for one of the games that's going to be coming up here in the near future, which is going to take me a little bit of time once, uh, to get into October. I'm going to need to start playing those games. Just go ahead and subscribe to our Twitch channel, and hopefully you can see me play that from the beginning, and I look forward to that. But I will say East Memories of Salsetta, I did record an RFR on it, and I can say this. It's probably my longest one. And I don't get too crazy, but I will say for those of you who will not listen to it or or can't listen to it, if you listen to an episode of The Good, Bad and the Backlog, they're not too far off. I apologize to both you, Adam and Kieran, for all the shit I gave you about that game. You you were fairly, fairly close to the mark. So I uh, 
did not love it. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it, but I, I certainly did not love it. I'm, I'm just kind of let down overall. Mm. That's where I've been playing this week. So it's kind of ending on a letdown. I, I need to find something to reinvigorate me. And unfortunately, by the sounds of it, East five is not going to be that game, but it just means I can get to whatever's after East five. I'm probably going to p- replay Final Fantasy seven after that. And I do look forward to that uh, in terms of casual play. But I have a lot of games I need to do for the podcast as well. Not all the time in the world to do it like, you know, many of you. So that's true. I am going to do what I can. Yeah. Yeah. Doing what I can. Well, I mean, speaking of games that we have to play for the show and probably going to be a more, a, po- more of a positive upswing, I think, at the, the end of that. I think so. Is Metal Slug. Yeah. As we are wont to do, as Chris likes to Again. say, Ooh. before me on most occasions now. <laughs> I just stole it from you. He did. He just co-opted it. We are going to provide a little bit of uh, some background on the game du jour and uh to do that that's a french word it is yeah that's that's proof we have we we like we like the french here we like du jour that's right i like petite dejeuner uh anyway (laughs) jesus all right so we're gonna talk about metal slug so chris would you like to give the people uh and any of our fine french listeners who are still sticking it out uh a brief history on metal slug we metal slug if you're anything like us you may have held a long-standing belief that the metal slug franchise was directly influenced by its running gun predecessor contra as it turns out we've all been largely wrong the story of Metal Slug begins with Kazuma Kujo, a playtester for Irem America Corps, a small company working on putting R-Type 2 through its paces prior to release. Kujo had grander aspirations, of course, but unfortunately suffered from a case of what we'll call creative constipation. He just could not figure out what his big idea was going to be. This would all change on one otherwise unassuming afternoon when Kujo took a short break from the office to sit on a bench in a public park. The soft gurgling sound of a nearby water fountain seemed to wash away any brain blockage Kujo may have had, providing him with the notion of a shoot-em-up similar to our type, but with submarines in place of the more traditional spaceships. This flash of inspiration would result in Irem's next arcade release, In the Hunt. Joe and the team at Irem would follow this with what could easily be considered the true spiritual predecessor to Metal Slug, Geostorm, or Gunforce 2, released in 1994. This would be the last major title to be developed and produced by Irem, a move that would eventually lead Kujo and roughly 15 other staff members to strike out on their own and create a new game studio, Nazca Corporation. On their experience with In the Hunt and Geostorm, the team at Nazca set out to create a worthy successor, one that was simple, exciting, and easy to control. Initially, the game put players in control of a tank for the entirety of the experience, similar to In the Hunt, but playtester feedback proved to be less than glowing. The game seemed to lack personality, so Nazca would go back to the drawing board and retool what they had made. While they ultimately kept the tank, most of the game would now be played as a human soldier, either Captain Marco Rossi or Lieutenant Tarma Roving, each with multiple weapons and power-ups at their disposal. Additionally, they would lighten up the atmosphere, giving the game its now signature slightly goofy tongue-in-cheek presentation. The resulting product would be dubbed Metal Slug, a reference to the tank that was once the central focal point of the gameplay. Metal Slug was initially released on the Neo Geo MVS on April 19, 1996, with the home port to the Neo Geo AES on May 24th. The Neo Geo CD would also see a release of July 5th. The arcade machine enjoyed a high level of success, becoming one of the top 10 highest grossing arcade games of 1996. That didn't mean critics were universally in love with the game, though, as many pointed to the game's unfair difficulty and frequent slowdown. 
In spite of these flaws, there was a general acknowledgement that the game was, overall, a thoroughly enjoyable arcade experience for anyone looking to blow off a bit of steam. The success of Metal Slug led it to escape the exclusivity of the Neo Geo market, with it quickly finding a home on the Sega Saturn as well as Sony's PlayStation. Beyond that, the game has seen a multitude of ports on almost anything that has been available to play video games, particularly on compilations. Additionally, Metal Slug would see a string of sequels, similar to Mega Man, the series continuing even to this day. And that is your brief history of Metal Slug. Thank you very much, Chris, for that brief history of Metal Slug. You know, I, I feel like, and I'm guessing here, of course, because we we try not to cross-reference each other's notes on these things beforehand, to provide you, the listener, with a more natural experience. All natural. That's right. Much like the French. That, uh, <laughs> that you probably experienced this in the arcades for the first time. Am I right on that? No. Really? I saw it in the arcades eventually. I always knew what Metal Slug was because you'd see it in like the Neo Geo cabinets. But mm -hmm. for some reason, like the the multiple cabinets of a Neo Geo when I was a kid just kind of turned me off from it, even though there's a lot of games that were ported from the Neo Geo to like the Super Nintendo and other systems that I would play like Super Baseball 2020 is a prime example of that, that I didn't I didn't know it was an SNK game. In fact, I knew very little about SNK for the longest time. But Metal Slug was one of those games I saw in passing. I'm taking that you did play it in the arcade then. Yeah, I did. Again, and it's, it's actually funny because I never really thought about this until kind of circling back to it a number of times here on the show over the years. But oddly enough, being in small town Maine, somehow I lucked out in having a local arcade that managed to have a lot of the big the big titles throughout the years um and oh wow yeah i don't know how they manage that i guess i think i said this on a previous episode but i guess being the no pun intended only game in town probably benefited them somewhat because it was quite literally the only arcade for two entire sister cities but yeah they they had metal slug and i do remember playing it i wasn't like a huge like metal slug fan or anything but it was uh it was one of those ones, and this will certainly come up when we talk about, you know, the, the gameplay and graphics for sure, but it's impossible to ignore this game when you see it. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. That That's a fact. It's just so over the top and loud and bombastic and looks amazing <laughs> that, like, it's just, you you can't walk by a Metal Slug machine and not at least take a glance at it oh you have to and I, I yeah and i'll never say that i was like good at this game because uh spoilers i'm i'm really not but i i did i did take a crack at it a number of times at the uh at the old dream machine arcade and up in maine so hmm. rest in peace yeah so i'm i'm glad you played it in the arcade i don't i can't see myself playing this game with an arcade stick though i know a lot of people did i mean obviously if you we're playing this on the MVS or the AES. You naturally played this with an arcade stick on the Neo Geo CD. You didn't necessarily did you play with that little nub, right? That, I love that nub for fighting games, though. <laughs> but the, I think the first time I played it, I don't know if it was on the Wii or on Steam. I can't tell you which one it was. It took me a long time to play a Metal Slug game, like a long, long time. Was this the first Metal Slug you'd ever played of the whole series? I think I maybe played Metal Slug two or three first. Hmm. OK, I, I don't even think this was the first Metal Slug I played. It may have been. I don't know. They like because all the Metal Slugs kind of blend together anyway, <laughs> in a weird way. Yeah, they. Yeah, that's why I said in the brief history, like Mega Man, but even more so because the graphical style, like after the six Mega Mans, they shift. They never really shift from Metal Slug for a good reason. It looks, looks uh, really good. Yeah, they, they kind of don't have to, honestly. No, they really <laughs> they really don't. But I think that was the first time I really played it. And I mean, that's mostly because I didn't even know who SNK was, as I said earlier, really until the Dreamcast when mm. I started playing the King of Fighters games. And that's when I was like, oh, yeah, this Neo Geo thing. It might be interesting. What else did they do? And then I got the Neo Geo Pocket Color. No, actually, no, that was the first Metal, uh, Metal Slug game I played was Metal Slug First Mission. Oh, on the Neo Geo Pocket Color. Shit. 
Okay. That was the first one. I mean, that's that's not that's not a bad game, but it's definitely nowhere near the the same experience. No, it's not. But like, you know, of Metal Slug, even if you hadn't played it, like I said, you knew about it. Right. So I got that was the first Metal Slug I played is for the Neo Geo Pocket Color. And then I think I finally played the original on the Wii with either the SNK compilation or the Metal Slug Anthology or Steam and one of those Humble Bundle sales when Neo Geo games were on there like every other week. Mm. That's I'm you know what? Actually, I, I am surprised by that. I would have thought that you had experienced this uh, earlier, just, I don't know, given your repertoire. But although I find it, you know, it's funny and I don't know if you felt the same way, but not that like as a kid, I was like, ah, yes, SNK, I'm familiar with their library. But it was more of just like as I got older, I just associated SNK strictly with fighting games. I don't know. For some reason, this feels like a weird outlier to me. Yeah, I can completely understand that, too. I mean, you look at their history, though, you look at SNK's history and really up until King of Fighters, they did a lot more than just fighting games. I mean, since then, though, it's been fighting games and Metal Slug for the most part. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much it. So you can't well, be blamed. I, mean, I was going to say SNK themselves went bankrupt and got bought out. What, like 2001? I think it was. Oh, we could do an entire episode about SNK, man. That's a that's a disaster. Yeah. Well, it's also like a redemption story too mm. it's it's a really good comeback story and then at the end it involves saudi arabia and uh yeah <laughs> yeah well i mean you know who knows maybe we'll do an episode on snk sometime it's actually been a, a minute since we've done like a an industry profile type episode so yeah maybe we're due for one snk is a good one too yeah i mean at this point what was the i mean what's what's the last metal slug thing i'm pretty sure it was a shitty mobile game I think that was the last thing. It was XX. Uh, I don't know what XX came out for. Probably everything because that's what they did. Either way, like SNK has a good story. Mm. But that is something that leads us into our next topic. Mm, yes. About Metal Slug and its plot and story, which, um, okay. Uh, <laughs> that's, it's like, what, what do we, what do we say about that exactly? In the words of our friends who were at secret levels, we're just reluctantly crouched at the starting line. <laughs> I just I don't That's a reference to them. Shout out. Yeah, there you go. I, yeah, like I don't uh, I don't know, man. I mean, this is kind of one of those games where it doesn't really need it, does it? I mean, there is one kind of. I think there is a story somewhere in there, yeah. but it's basically just like I mean, I get the sense that it is uh, extremely loosely based on World War Two because the enemies you're fighting basically look like yeah. German soldiers and some of the they're very German the iconography uh, in the backgrounds with like the red flags with the white and black very reminiscent of a certain group of individuals so I feel like that's what they're going for here although the interesting thing about that and I don't, maybe it's just like a mix of both or something for some reason and it might just be like the some, the levels that are in the game. I always got like a Vietnam vibe from this game. Was that just me? I think like the characters that you play as, yes. But even I was thinking about is like, what does this most resemble to me? It gives off like the bad guys gives a lot of World War II vibes. And also like a lot of the the enemies that you fight, like the, the fighter jets that you're fighting in the tank that you're in and everything like that. Yeah, it, it seems like a clash of of the two. But I could definitely because there's like a lot of swamps and stuff like that, a lot of tropical areas. I could definitely understand why you think it was Vietnam. And Vietnam is a lot closer to the making of this game It's only 20 years removed as opposed to 50. Right. So I could understand why they would get some Vietnam vibes, especially if you're in Japan. But I know actually, no, I take that back. Japan probably has harder feelings about World War Two. Mm. Just a gut intuition. I could understand where you get those vibes from, but I definitely agree with your first point that it was probably more inspired by World War II. I, I, yeah, that's I, f I feel like that's probably fair. And it might be just sort of a a little bit of a mix of both in there. So uh, at a high level, just to get, I guess, give the game credit wherever it's due. I mean, the 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 story such as it is can basically be summed up in one sentence, right? You're playing as either Marco or Tarma and you are members of the Peregrine Falcon Strike Force. Uh, and you are fighting ah. against the rebel army, creatively named, led by one Donald Morden. And you are trying to overthrow his uh, coup d'etat to prevent a new world order. So extremely vague, very like 80s ass kind of. Yeah. Coup d'etat against what? 
Yeah. Like eighties action movie plot. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. That that's pretty much it. <laughs> We're doing a coup d'etat against what? Against an organization that's going to do the new world order. Yeah. So we're just, you're doing, they're declaring a coup d'etat against everybody? Yep. Is that how this is working? Yeah. They didn't just say it, they declared it. So that makes it official. International coup (laughs) d'etat. Also, coup d'etat is French. So there you go. You're welcome, Frenchies. (laughs) Eat it, frogs. Uh, Kidding. We love you. (laughs) So unnecessary. So, I mean, I guess we should probably just move on to what everybody actually like gives a shit about Metal Slug 4, right? Which is, yes. uh, well, one one of one of two things. I'm going to let, let me give it more credit than that. Let's just kind of slide right over to the gameplay. So what what are your thoughts about how this game plays? Oh, dude, it's, it's solid, man. I mean, it has some flaws we'll probably get into in a minute here. But for the most part, this game is a fucking phenomenal running gun Mm -hmm. it's pretty seamless it's everything is is exceptionally smooth and very responsive i do wish i you know now that i'm saying i can't play with an arcade stick i do wish i had an arcade stick to to play it with so i could get a general feeling how it was intended to be played because all i've had of course is a d-pad in order to control it but yeah i mean if you're if you're talking about a game that just does what it's supposed to do like you shoot when you shoot you jump when you jump, you move right and left when you're supposed to. Uh, you get weapons that are useful. And even your base pea shooter isn't horrendously underpowered. The tank kind of sucks to control, even though it's powerful. But yeah, this game is a is a dream. Absolute dream in terms of base control. Yeah, I would generally I would I would tend to agree. There's really not much I can complain about here it's very obvious that there was a lot of attention to detail put into you know making sure that this is a tight game experience absolutely the one thing that i would probably point out and and it is listen to be fair like it is nitpicking because there really isn't a lot to say negatively about how metal slug plays i mean it's there's a reason that it stands as you know a a sort of like a bar for a lot of games going forward to 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 measure by mm. but the one thing that i've i've personally kind of always struggled with with it is the fact that your your gun the 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 directional like path of your gun is tied to your movement yeah and that makes it really awkward in a lot of cases where Something like, you know, even though we made it very clear that this wasn't necessarily directly inspired by Contra, it's hard not to see some similarities. And one of the things being the big Contra 3 buff that I am, one of the things that I really wish that this game had was a way to make yourself to root yourself stationary and be able to point your gun independent of movement like you can in Contra. Because that would make a lot of situations in this game a little bit easier to handle. Because I found myself basically struggling, right, to keep moving to not get hit. Because the 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 pedigree of this game is very rooted in, like, something like R-Type and other shmups. That was a lot of the inspiration, as we said in the brief history. And you can see that, that comparatively to Contra, this game plays actually a lot more like a shmup and if you think about it that way it probably helps but trying to dodge all of the different projectiles and all that stuff while also aiming correctly can be a little bit of a challenge in this game because of how that works like if you need to aim up then you are also going to be like kind of trying to aim up but then quickly moving in one direction to move yourself and then trying to move back up again and if there was just a way to independently control those, I think that that would be an improvement. But, you know, like I said, it's it's kind of a nitpick at the end of the day. And you got to think about this being released as an arcade game, first and foremost, where, you know, you had a, a stick and I think the machine technically had four buttons, but this game only uses three. The last button just isn't used. So, yeah, yeah, they could have used that button to be stationary. I actually have quite a few more gripes other than you. I do think it is worth noting that, yes, one, this is an arcade game Two, this is made by someone who loves shmups Mm -hmm. now. But this is not a shmup, but there are some DNA in there. I I don't think it's as close as you say it is. But in terms of the game being more memorization than reaction, like you get in your typical running gun, because I think, yeah, you can memorize Contra. 
as we're talking like, oh, it's not inspired by Contra. I'm going to talk about Contra. I don't care. <laughs> it's just, like if you look at Contra, you can play that game without necessarily memorizing it. Maybe not so much the arcade, but Contra, Contra 3, and fuck Super C. I don't like Super C. I know a lot of people do. It might be a hot take. Yeah, I mean, it pays off if you memorize those games. You know where everything's coming from. Right. But that's certainly more of a reactionary game. So if you play this game like that, it's probably not going to work out as well for you. But I think you can. It's just harder. So like memorization is more of that that shmup kind of thing going on with it and knowing where things are coming from, what to do and what kind of weapons are where and all that stuff. Now, other gripes that I do have mm. key gripes. OK, this game likes to split you up sometimes into two directions where you have one path that goes down and one path that goes up. Mm-hmm. This normally is not a problem. I don't have problems with these, but there's no way to do a down jump onto another platform. So in most action games since like the dawn of the NES. If you press down and jump and there's a platform beneath you, your character will jump down to that platform. You can't do that in this game. In fact, this makes one of the boss fights in this game, uh, whatever the snow level is, this this guy who has uh, three platforms on either side and he jumps up on the platforms and he jumps between the platforms and fires a machine gun at you. If you could jump down a platform, that boss is far more manageable, but you can't. Mm. You have to do play it a little bit differently, like go vertical and jump over them. So this game just becomes very vertical at points and not being able to go back down will lead to a lot of those paths closing off to you. Sometimes where you're going to have enemies on those paths that you can't go down and and shoot optimally, where you're going to have to like jump and shoot downward because you just can't shoot straight downward in a non jumping position. Right. That's an issue. That's a problem for me. No, I I agree with that. Yeah. The other thing is there is some unfair difficulty from time to time. And mostly because your character is slow and there's sometimes that gaps are so precise that you have to time them perfectly. I know a lot of that is because it's an arcade game and you have to really play it a lot to get good at it, especially in shorter games. So I can't like fault it too much, but it is a very difficult game. And there are times where this game essentially will set you up to die unless you are very precise and you memorize that location to a T. Those are some things that did kind of get in my way. In, in that aspect where, where I can't say these are nitpicky things. I think these are major flaws that really hold the game back from being a Contra, from being a Mega Man. And I understand those games were, well, not in so much Contra, but I mean, the, the version that everyone is familiar with were built from the ground up to be great NES games or great console games, whereas this didn't have to do that because the entire point of a Neo Geo AES, the home console was to just take that arcade experience and give it to you in the home with no degradation. So if you're talking about how if you made this game easier, would it be the same game? Not really. But I think if it was built from the ground up to be a console game and maybe be a little bit longer, it could have been a little bit better. No, I I absolutely agree with that. I mean, when I was talking about that, you know, the that was the one nitpick I had. That's really centralized just around like the control scheme. Like I Oh <laughs> that was it. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> you you actually articulated a lot of the same things that I tended to take some issue with playing through the game. The difficulty is definitely one, and it's it it feels like again, it, it might be that if you were to play this over and over again, I'm sure, just like I eventually got good at Contra 3, that you can get good at metal slug i do feel like there's a little bit more variability in the enemies and their attack patterns such as they are in this game than in something like contra 3 to me and and i could just be biased which is very likely but to me it felt like something like contra 3 the they felt more predictable like the attacks felt more predictable once you get to know what they are sure and i felt like in this game there's a little bit more of a random element, but that also could just be compounded by the other thing that I have an issue with, which is, you know how I said that this is something that's really hard to ignore when you see it, like in an arcade. Part of that is because this game is like barely controlled chaos most of the time, which plays real well in an arcade setting right because you're like holy fuck this game is off its fucking nuts like that's crazy yeah and look at all this shit that's happening and dudes are screaming and bombs are going off and it's a assault on the senses which in many ways this game is but that kind of also becomes problematic because 
for most of the, let's say, 30 to 45 minutes ish, you know, that it takes to get through the entirety of this game, which is only six levels. For me, I definitely died a few times, more than a few times. So it's probably closer to the 45 minutes to an hour. But it just felt like a nonstop barrage. And that's like cool in some ways because it's very bombastic, like I said, but I feel like it's almost an artificial difficulty because they're just throwing so much shit at you constantly that there's many instances, like you said, where you kind of feel like you're set up to fail. And I can't get away from the notion that this was in some ways purposeful because this was first and foremost an arcade game that are meant to munch your quarters, right? Of course. And because this is basically a straight port of the arcade game, you're not going to get any, you know, sort of finessing of that perhaps unfair difficulty. You're just getting the same exact experience for better or worse. Like, I mean, if you really wanted that pure arcade experience in the home, then congratulations, that's what you got. But I would say if I if I had my druthers, I would tend to agree with you that I feel like I kind of wish that this game had been twice as long, but half as difficult. (laughs) I can agree with that. Well, I will say is the boss fights for the most part are rather fair. Yeah. And fun. I didn't have much difficulty with the boss fights. And that's not to say the boss fights were necessarily pushovers, but it's just because I think the patterns were a little bit more predictable. I think that uh, there was some easy memorization tricks that if you've played enough of these type of games, you're going to be a little bit more comfortable than someone who hasn't. Right. But they're also large and very, I don't know. Well, there's also less going on. They felt like bosses. Yeah, there's less going on on the screen during a boss fight. So like just that alone inherently makes them a little bit more manageable. And you're right. Like I like the final boss is a great example of this. Mm-hmm. the the dude in the helicopter or whatever because you can pick up pretty quick exactly what his pattern is and so you know if there's like those three or four like platforms on the left hand side that if you just kind of continually cycle through like going down on the ground shooting him down there he starts dropping bombs so then you jump up and you kind of scale those platforms he shoots the rockets across you dodge those hop down rinse and repeat it's pretty much a straightforward affair so, yeah, like in, in those regards, I, I would tend to agree that strangely enough, I think the, the boss encounters by and large are actually probably the the easiest parts of the game. Yeah. You would say they're the coup de gras. I, I you know, I might if I <laughs> didn't know what coup de gras meant. <laughs> it's, it's French. Oh, OK, great. <laughs> uh, I fucking hate myself for keeping this theme going. Uh, what do you think of the tanks? Uh, I mean, I had the same issue, really, as far as like the gameplay is concerned, like you're more powerful, obviously, because you've got a tank gun now and you can stand up to some more damage so you can be a little bit more brazen with your approach to things. I mean, I did like that the tank is more or less just as mobile as you are as a person. Yes, that's 100 percent unfucking realistic, but. It works really well in a gameplay sense. So I was totally fine with that. I really like that particular mechanic, but I still have the same issue of like trying to aim that tank cannon while also using the same method of input to move myself. There are a lot of times where you're just kind of wildly shooting in an arc because you're trying to move yourself in a certain direction and you're just not really hitting anything. Yeah, there's a lot of that. I do like uh, the ability to shoot a cannon to have a little bit of an arc so you can hit things that aren't necessarily like on the ground. It does hurt when you have things that are like right in front of you might not be able to hit them per se. But yeah, I mean, overall, I I can agree with that in terms of a tank that's sweeping kind of back and forth where if you need to back up to kind of give yourself some distance from the enemy or dodge a bullet, you'll just see yourself like shooting all the way to behind you with like shooting up above you. And then I'll just have to rotate all the way back. I I get why they did that. They didn't want to make this tank too overly powerful. Right. Uh, like just they didn't want to you to break the game with it. It's it's very hard to control. And the expert players, yeah, they'll get a lot out of it. But what I did find, too, is especially later in the game with the tank, it almost felt like, again, you were set up to lose that thing almost immediately unless you knew exactly what was coming at you. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, you get rained down upon as far as like grenades and I'm I'm pretty sure that there are like landmines and other shit like. Oh, it's all hell. Just purposefully put there to. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you can you will take more damage in the tank, but not by I mean. I, I don't know. I would say not by much, not but I mean, like you're basically one hit kill if you're outside of the tank, but it doesn't last that long. Let's just say it is one hit kill. No, but overall, I think we can both agree that. Like this game has its flaws. Sure. But sure. the gameplay is fun. Overall, I think you're going to have a good time. It is. I feel like the best way to play this, perhaps unsurprisingly, is in an arcade. Or at the very least, if you can't be in an arcade, because I, I really think that this game benefits from that atmosphere. It was built for that atmosphere. And I just I just feel like the overall experience is going to be better if you are in you know, the the right place to be playing this game. Um, if, you know, barring that, I would say. Play with a friend because co-oping this, I think, is going to be way more fun than just playing by yourself like like we did. Yeah. When is it not? Yeah. It's just a general rule of thumb. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, but it's like I guess I'm what I'm trying to articulate is because because this game is fairly punishingly difficult the further you get into it like it starts out as like it's no slouch but like it's manageable right for like the first like let's say one or two levels give or take or even how the first half but it, it ramps up pretty steeply as you go and i guess what i'm getting at is you can almost forgive that and overlook it if you are like standing side by side with a friend at an arcade cabinet just like jamming quarters into this thing with like a beer next to you you know what i mean like i feel like that's the the experience for this game no i i have no disagreements with that i it's just yeah if you're going to get the uh total ambiance that's what you're going for yeah for sure so in terms of ambiance and how things look and feel like mm. the presentation of things get you in the mood i i know this is not the best segue here but how would you think <laughs> we've already praised this to high heaven already but the graphics, how did the game look to you? How how is this game aged? Dude, okay. Metal Slug is probably one of I won't say the because that's an absolute, but it is one of the best looking pixel art games just period ever made. And that that applies to the, pretty much the whole series, I mean especially the the first 3, but the artistry that went into the graphics of this game blows my fucking mind. And I'm not being hyperbolic. Like I can't say enough good things about just how good this game looks. It blows my mind. This was on a Neo Geo. Yeah. <laughs> like not really when you consider what was coming out later, but when you compare this to some of the earlier Neo Geo games, which still looked really good for what it's worth. This thing is just like, wow. This game is the the pixel art is exquisite. Yeah. And and there was definitely a very purposeful drive behind that from the dev team, because if you go and dig up some like old interviews with with the with the IREM folks, they were very clear about this, that part of the reason they wanted to make sure that this game looked and played as good as it does is because they knew this was a couple of years after, you know, uh, 3D polygonal games had already started kind of becoming more mainstream. And so like they wanted to ensure that they could compete because they were concerned that they were going to be releasing yet another 2d sprite based game when the world was moving on. And so they were like, okay, well, if we're going to fucking do this, then we're going to blow the pants off of everybody. And they sure as hell did, you know, apart from just the level of detail that is in every single sprite, um, the animations are just so smooth. There's so many frames of animation and you don't get that. And it's if you're not like, uh, you know, a complete fucking nerd like we are, maybe it might be hard to articulate that sometimes. Because, but that's when something feels stilted or janky like that in a 2D game. It's probably because they have a low amount of frames in an animation. This game does not have that. Everything is buttery smooth. Every little interaction or even the idle animations have just so much detail put into them that it's it's amazing. Yeah, I'll say that's 
that's definitely the highlight is as good as it looks a lot of that is driven from the amount of frames and animation everything just has in this Mm -hmm. it's so smooth it's so fluid and it's very reactionary too because what you get with a lot of more modern games that try to do the pixel art thing is that sometimes your reaction can be delayed because the artists want to show off how many frames of animation they can put into a character movement right that's not something you really get here but you still get all that it looks just i I can't really articulate how impressive this is if you release this today and metal slug never came out like let's pretend metal slug never came out you just drop this in the steam store today I think it would be still accepted as a, a, a game with phenomenal pixel art. Oh, absolutely. This is, yeah, this is one of the best pixel art games ever. We, we were talking, we just did a recording for Shredder's Revenge and how good the pixel art looks there. It's comparable to the Shredder's Revenge. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. I think it's comparable to that game, which was released this year. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I would actually, I would argue <laughs> that the, I think the art work here is, is better. Not to, not to yeah. like, and, yeah, not to denigrate any any of the work that they did on Shredder's Revenge because they did a no. uh, bang up job there too. But if you just uh, if you just look at the the sprite work and or and just the backgrounds are just so vibrant and just full of little details and there there isn't a single thing in this game that doesn't look stellar and like the giant you know boss animations and the sprites that they use for those and just how like all you have all these different independent sprites working together to create this one large boss character and the way that they do it i mean it's one of the things that i always loved about contra 3 is that they pulled that off very well with a lot of the well most of the sprite work in that game too but especially the the giant you know half screen filling bosses and they do a lot of that here as well uh, but I mean, as much as I love Contra three, again, I would say that this still still tops that. Oh, absolutely. And I think the the another defining thing about this, I said it was the frames of animation. I'm adding another one is the amount of personality. Mm-hmm. And, and like, let's let's be honest here too. Nazca Corporation. When you look at In the Deep and Geo, uh, was it Gun Gun Force Two or whatever? Yeah, Geo Front, whatever it's called. G- Geo Storm. Yeah, Geo Storm. They those games look phenomenal too. They they have the same trademark, the same inspiration. They have that same look to it. This is like a Nazca Corporation. It's just their trademark. Dolphin Blue, I think, was made by a bunch of those those same people for the it's something that was ported to the Dreamcast. You can play Dolphin Blue on the Dreamcast. Mm -hmm. That game looks really, really good, too. It's just what they do. They are the best at pixel art. I don't think there's any other way to put it. And the personality, the personality, that's what I was getting with this. The personality is outstanding. As Shane mentioned earlier, how over the top and cheeky it is and just how everything is just it's like not over the top funny, but it's still comical enough to to let you know it's not like this dark, grim, serious, apocalyptic stuff like Contra. Right. Which is what you always see in running guns up until this point, at least if you and if you didn't see it, it wasn't done as well as this. Like it just the the personality is exuberant emotional and in, in all the right ways and not like oh it makes me feel like sad or something no it makes you feel happy it just makes you realize how fun you can have playing a game killing people in war which is horrible <laughs> but it does that but they're kind of sort of nazis so it's okay yeah it's cartoonish as hell yeah it's oh, like yeah. you're playing it's like you're playing looney tunes but in world war ii which <laughs> also was something looney tunes did say, yeah that's it's actually yeah. apropos. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of fun. I mean, yeah. And, and you can you can see a lot of that. Like one one great example of that is when you're rescuing the the prisoners of war. Right. Yeah. They they all got these big ass bushy beards and they're in these like tattered like pants. And when you rescue them, I mean, they 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 give you a power up or like a point bonus for rescuing them. But the way that they do it right is like they hold up like a pair of pants, like a like a bullfighter. And then they pull it away and then there's a there's a power up there that wasn't there before and you can grab it. Um, Just little things like that. And here's the thing, right? If you really want to go into the weeds on just how much detail went into the creation of the visual representation of this game, go look up some of the videos out there on YouTube that deconstruct the explosion effects of Metal Slug. It's not even like 
it's not something you really think about, right? Not a lot of people think about explosion animations because it's just like a given. You're just like, yeah, of course, things blow up in games. Fine, whatever. But there is a very noticeable difference here. If you've ever played like any other game like this, again, we, we can go back to Contra. As much as I like Contra 3, the explosion animations they generally have are, are pretty stock standard looking things. They're circles. Yeah, they're circles. Exactly. But here, not only do they not only do they have incredibly detailed explosion animations, but they've done it for every single thing in this game. And by that, I mean, like every like smaller like bullet hit has its own unique little animation up to the the bombs, the grenades that get thrown. They have their own explosion that is completely different from like the missiles. Uh, they all have their own unique explosion animation and every single one of them has like honestly borderline unnecessary frames of animation in it. <laughs> like they, they put so much work into this stuff. And again, like that's really getting into the weeds, but it just helps to like really illustrate just how much time went into making this game look as good as it does. Yeah. And it's one of those things that, you know, we've said it many, many times on the show that there is a reason that 2D sprite based games almost never age poorly, you know, especially in especially the 16 bit. bit on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Some of the 8 bit and prior, those can be a little rough. Let's let's be real. But yeah, the majority of the 16 bit era of 2D sprite work will almost always look good. It's It's got that timelessness to it. And this just takes that and puts it like at a whole other level to where, as Chris mentioned, even games coming out today where people are trying to harken back to and sort of like ape this kind of style of 2D sprite work, they can't even reach this very high bar that, you know, Cujo and the Irem team kind of set way back in, you know, 96. At least consistently. At right. least consistently. Right. I also have one final take on the graphics here before before we move on. Sure. I want to I want to see your take on this. Okay. The styling to me gives me the feeling is if Mel Brooks made a World War II video game. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Like it's just that level of sort of like wink wink nudge nudge kind of dry humor, but not so much that it's like in your face like uh I don't know, let's say Borderlands. For no reason that I picked that one in particular. Right. But yeah, I could see that. Like, it just, yeah. I don't know why I thought of that. I don't know. But because uh, he did make a movie called Silent Movie, which has no sound. <laughs> True. But this game has plenty of sound. Wow. And that was the segue. Okay. I just, <laughs> it's pretty bad. Uh, what, did, what, what do you That's think of the, the sound direction in this game? Uh, yeah. I mean, I probably won't like you know, laud it quite as much as we have with the graphics, because I really think the graphics are the standout here. But I mean, the sound design is also superb. That's the other half of that thing I was saying earlier about how this is this is a game that's impossible to ignore, where mm -hmm. they very much it's fairly obvious that this was designed in such a way to like make itself known in the otherwise like, you know, loud cacophony that is your you know general arcade back in like the you know 80s and 90s um, because everything was vying for your attention and then you have this game come along where it is just a constant barrage of just dudes screaming dying in a fire and like explosions and the gun sound effects also i feel like we're done in a way to purposefully get your attention because it's like they're different than a lot of other gun sound effects that you get from other like running guns or, or schmups or what have you. They're like less tinny, more bass. Yeah. Yeah. Well, kind of, I don't know. It's, I, I was actually going to say it's, a, it's kind of the other direction in that it almost seems like they're in a slightly higher register to like purposefully kind of grab your attention huh. from other things. But that might just be the overall sound design. You might be right. I might be fucked up. The screams like sound kind of fried out. Yeah. Like someone was screaming directly into a microphone. 
But yeah, I mean, I guess that sounds kind of negative, but that's that's all to say that it's it's part of the package. And I think they actually did it pretty well. Like this game definitely gets right up in your face. I would even say the music is good, too. It's just you're not going to be hearing a lot of it over <laughs> the screams and explosions and gunfire. Like it'll start out with like typical army music. And I tried listening to it while I was playing it earlier today. And they'll just kind of switch over to smooth jazz while you're <laughs> just blowing dudes up. Yeah. And it's I'm like, this is just it's again, it's it's one of those things that I, I don't see ever really taking the smile off my face because this game, it does have periods like in the snow level when you have to platform, which is honestly kind of bad. Mm. But like it has those kind of lulls where you do get to hear things. But for the most part, yeah, you're constantly firing at things. You're constantly just trying to pay attention to how to survive that like the music in the background isn't something you're necessarily going to pay attention to. And it's probably really good. It's just it is what it is. You're you're focusing on, you know, and that kind of stuff all the time and throwing explosions. So which are all fantastic. You're right. The screams from your bad guys when they die, uh, they sound a little compressed or just a little scratchy. But again, this is on a cartridge on a, a, a system that was created, I think, in 19. 91 92 yeah so for, for the clarity that you're getting there i understand it's a significantly more powerful system than the super nintendo or the sega genesis i mean it's it's all there it's fine it's this i'm definitely not going to complain about it. i think the overall sound direction is fantastic yeah yeah I, I would tend to agree i mean i think the only thing and this is really just kind of a i, I guess a commentary on the game as a whole but a, a large part of it is the the sound presentation is that it really you know how I said that I'd I'd almost prefer this game to be like twice as long, but half as difficult. I still kind of adhere to that, but like only if that difficulty came with less constant stimuli, because <laughs> I think this game is good in that it doesn't overstay its welcome because of just how relentless Metal Slug is on all fronts from the the presentation to the gameplay to the sound. It is just it's it's fucking on for like yeah 30 to 45 minutes and you know what like maybe if it was longer than that it might actually get a little exhausting so yeah all right so i don't think we have any fun facts this week not that there aren't any but we just don't have any i think it's time to wrap this game up and talk about whether or not this game holds up today i've been throwing it over to you shane for almost majority of these topics i'm going to start this one off and you can close this out okay and i'm going to say that yeah this this game holds up if you couldn't tell i will say this if you don't like arcade difficulty if you don't like an arcade challenge if you don't want to feel like you you get to the end through just having endless continues and inserting the coin and you don't want that cheap feeling this this game's going to give you some headaches it's going to frustrate you and you're probably not going to be as impressed by it but i think that just kind of goes to show where that can be said for almost any arcade game, right? Uh, especially those that encourage that kind of gameplay. If you want to put the time into it and and you you can to where you go good at it and that's your your headspace or you just like taking a few levels to just blow off some steam and, and play some, you know, running gun games and just enjoy having a good time with a game that has fantastical graphical presentation that is uh, both inviting and accommodating to anyone of any era, really, then this is this is a game that you should at least give a shot. It's classic. It's a classic game for all the right reasons. A lot of people keep going back to it and mentioning it because it's a gorgeous game that's just focused on fun. I know it's not considered to be the best in the series. That's probably, I think, two or three by the general consensus. But it's still a great game that kicked off a great franchise. Has some flaws, as we said, be prepared for those. It is an arcade game. It does want to punish you and it has no problem doing so. So if if you want more ease of access, go the Contra route. But this is definitely for the video game aficionado. Shane? I would tend to agree with that assessment. Listen, at the end of the day, anybody can play this game and anybody should at least once. It's it is a good time. I mean, one of the things that the development team made very clear early on was that they wanted to make a game that was just fun and was something that could 
be an outlet for for people to just go into an arcade and just blow off some of that steam like we mentioned and just have a good time and i think this game really does achieve that granted you're right uh if you're talking about all of the games in the metal slug series which i think technically there's like six but three i think more or less tends to be the one that everybody likes to go to as the quote end quote best one uh just because of you know the some of the gameplay refinements and uh, additional things they've added to the game this one is of course a little bit more bare bones than that because it was the first one right but you can't really go wrong with it i mean you know gripes and and criticisms aside about some of the gameplay elements and the arcade difficulty it's not really asking a whole lot of you. I mean, you can get this thing done in, like we said, 30 to maybe 45 minutes. And if for nothing else, play it just to see the, the love and care that went into every single pixel that is in this game, because I could be proven wrong. It it could, something could come along, but as far as I'm concerned, metal slug, especially one, two, and three are, the prime example of like peak 2d sprite work you really cannot get better than this so if you have any appreciation for that kind of artistry whatsoever do yourself a favor and play through metal slug at least one time it's available damn near anywhere at this point i mean it was it's on ios i wouldn't recommend playing it that way because this game's hard as fuck already and playing it with touch controls might (laughs) might not be a great time But, you know, if you have access to Steam and, you know, you want to play it there, that's what I did. So, you know, pick it up there. You can usually get it pretty cheap. And uh, I think it is it's it's well worth your time for sure. So does it hold up today? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I think that's going to wrap it up. And I yeah, it's also dirt cheap on most of these platforms as well. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you don't have to pay a lot for it. And I mean, most of the time you can get it in a collection, too. So you can just get all of them together. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think this this wraps this episode up. Shane, Metal Slug is is Metal Slug. What can I say? That's right. Uh, one of our Discord users, even before we recorded this, was talking about Metal Slug, and their review of it is Metal Slug is the tits. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but it's I could understand why someone would say that. It's 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 tit adjacent. I will say that. That's that's a fair assessment. <laughs> Shane, how about you carry us out of here? Yeah, sure. So if you are listening to this, then that means you have, in fact, found us. So congratulations to you. And we're, we are glad that you are here. So hello. Welcome. Hi. If this is your first time around, then perhaps you might not be aware that there are many other ways that you can interact with us and the show and the fantastic little community that we've gotten built up around us over the years and so if you'd like to do that all you have to do is go over to linktree slash retro hangover that's l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash retro hangover and there you will find things like our public discord where we have our monthly high score challenges um so that's always a fun time trying to get in there and compete for that we do now offer a prize for first place so that's always always a good motivator you can get yourself a a steam key or in lieu of that some some steam credit um so feel free to jump into the fray on that one we've also got our socials as well as the youtube and the twitch channels and if you'd like to support the show in a more concrete sort of fashion then you can do that by heading over to the Patreon or picking up something at the merch store. We have both of those. And all of that is in one place over at that link tree. So please go ahead and check that out. And speaking of the Twitch channel, Chris, what is it that we do there on Sundays? So if you head to twitch.tv slash retro hangover on Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern U.S. time, you can see us play video games of some kind. We'll play whatever. You don't know what we're going to play. Maybe Metal Slug. I don't know what we're going to play. Maybe Metal Slug. Maybe GoldenEye. (laughs) Maybe Lunar. You never know. (laughs) Shane, what we're going to play. I feel like someone's been putting it off. I had to play GoldenEye, Chris. Okay. (laughs) I'll I'll get back to it. I promise. You go to twitch.tv slash retro hangover and we'll take care of you on your Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern U.S. time. And as I said, if there are some games that when I get to them, I will be streaming on the regular 
So just go there, give it a follow. You never know when we're going to pop up and give you a good time. Wait, 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 wait. No, that's never no, mind. no, that's you know what I meant. That's exactly no, that's that's staying. That's exactly what he meant. You all heard it. All right, Shane. Well, I suppose with all of that being said, until next time, play with your fluffy croissant joysticks. <laughs> Shane here with a quick message. You know, the one rule Chris and I have always gone by regarding advertisements is this. It has to be something we use and can personally vouch for. If you know me, you know I love coffee. And Bones Coffee Company has been my go-to for home brewing for quite some time now. Their small batch beans come in an impressive variety of flavors like Mint Invaders from Chocolate Space or Electric Unicorn, which I swear tastes exactly like Fruity Pebbles. And the best part? No added sugar or calories involved, just natural flavors infused right into the beans themselves. Build your own sample pack of five four-ounce bags to find out which flavors speak to you, or jump in headfirst with full 12-ounce bags. They've even got K-Cups. Step up your homebrew game with Bones Coffee by visiting bit.ly slash RHP Bones. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash R-H-P-B-O-N-E-S.